So I was talking with Anna about this on uh, Tuesday. Um, yesterday, that was yesterday. <laughs> After our, uh, we had our staff meeting from 9 to 12, just praying. Just an amazing time seeking the Lord. Um, it was really cool. We actually had another lead pastor and his wife here from another church that we just got to minister to and pray with. And um, But so after that, uh, Anna, we were talking, and I was telling her about this, this what the Lord was showing me here. And and this is where it's so cool. The Lord had actually prepared her, and, and they kind of did a test run of this without realizing uh, that this is like what the Lord is leading us into back in, January, February. So, so anyway, yeah, just yeah. speaking to that. Yeah, it was actually um, this last fall. So I know time's a little bit different right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just wanted to share. It just I hadn't shared it with anyone except for um, Pastor Pastor Sylvia. So um, the Lord just basically was really just kind of started pressing on our heart, and we just began to pray as a family, my husband and I and our kids, and I just felt a stirring to not do a life group um, exactly, but just to have a group of people, Um, and so we began to, I knew it wasn't supposed to be a life group, kind of like what Mike was saying, that a people we like, that are our friends, not that, you know, that isn't fun, but like Mike was saying, that isn't the purpose. This is really um, for the sake of the world, for us to pour in, to raise up, to, um, you know, just, I, I didn't look at it as a way of training, but absolutely you can look at it that, but it's really just doing family. And so we asked the Lord over a course of a couple weeks, we asked our kids also to ask the Lord, who are we supposed to invite to do this? We knew we were supposed to talk about identity in Christ. Um, and so we got a small list and it was just an incredible time nothing like nothing we've ever experienced um we had a single mom with a daughter younger daughter a youth a young adult and then another couple that didn't have children and so it was intragenerational i felt that really strongly that it needed to be intragenerational um I think because that is what family is. It isn't everyone's the same age in the same boat with the same, you know, age of kids. And so we just did that for eight weeks. We um, moved around everyone's houses, and it was kind of with the expectation of that this isn't forever. And we're just doing, we felt really called to, you know, just study and get grounded and who we are in Christ Jesus um, for for every person, and so what we would do is really just worship together, pray together, um, get into the presence of God, and kind of activate as to what is the Lord speaking to you during worship, and so that became, began, began sorry, a flow of that, and um, just getting in the word, really, what, what are the scriptures, what does the, what does the word say about who I am in Christ Jesus. And so that's kind of our story. It's not, I know it just kind of came out yesterday um, in conversation, but, um, and so I do believe it was a form of preparation. I think the important thing is that we seek the Lord, ask him, and just be sensitive to whatever it is that he calls you to do might be slightly different. I really felt during worship, though, that we're to pray and ask the Lord. I, I feel like there's fathers and mothers here tonight, and the Lord's already been stirring this on your heart. 
And so I feel like there's a grace tonight to ask the Lord who those people are. Um, He might even give you the names now, tonight. So, um, and then there's others, I feel like, that you have been hungering. I felt a pull and just a a longing, truly a longing for some of us um, that that's you saying, you know, I've never been discipled. Maybe I've known Jesus 30 years, 20 years, five years, but I've truly never been discipled because you can't do that in church. You can't do that in a program can't do that in classes. I really believe that it's one-on-one, it's in family, it's messy, it's people going through their, I remember week to week, going through life and sharing that and them allowing us to come around them, minister to them, pray for them, encourage them through, through the week. It, it cannot be done in a classroom setting. And so I just want to encourage you that if that's you that's saying, you know, I truly have never been discipled to cry out to the Lord tonight, and I am believing that he's moving on your behalf, and he's going to quicken that into a father, mother in this house tonight, in Jesus' name. Amen. And from a, just just as a father or mother or a a son or daughter, when you're talking about the spiritual sense, it has nothing to do with age. So um, you can have a mother and a father, you know, in their 20s, discipling a son and daughter in their 70s. Like that, it doesn't doesn't have to go one direction, like older to younger. I think uh, so. Let's be aware of that spiritual maturity. It's a spirit, yeah, 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 yeah. And so, just realizing, like, hey, wherever you are, you might be in church for twenty years and or thirty years, and be like, man, I I really do. Like to, to Anna's point, I I need that discipleship. So, I think the other side of it is, as sons and daughters, you can go say, hey, would you be a spiritual mother and a father to me, and, and just in you know, and help to train me up. Now, don't don't run to the pastors to do that. <laughs> like, go to, I think this is where it's just people in, in the church. I think this is, uh, how cool is it that the church becomes the church and strengthens each other. And be, this is this is what we were created for. This is what we were born for, to actually, like, unite and become family and support each other and strengthen each other. Amen. I... I also wanted to share one other thing. I, Matthew four nineteen through 20, it says, this is Jesus speaking, and he says, Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. And when I felt like the Lord wanted to encourage us with that, is that whatever, wherever you've been in your past and wherever you are in your present today, he's going to use that because Jesus was using their language. They knew exactly what he was saying. He was using where they were, what they knew, what their work was. He's speaking their language to relate to them, to connect with them, and to draw them to follow him. And so I felt just to encourage all of us, we're all different. We all have different walks. It might, you might be in the marketplace. You might be a mother, a stay-at-home mom. You, who knows? You might be a pilot or an engineer. But whatever it is that God has poured into your life, this is the time that you can be like Jesus and relate to those people in your sphere of influence or that he highlights. And there's going to be a grace there for you to have that language for them to follow you, to follow Jesus. Amen. Just uh, some observations as you guys have been talking before I share one thing. Um, 
something that, that, we, that we were talking about today is, you know, we just went through a little bit of shaking and churches got shut down. What if the church wasn't in this building? What if it was in our homes? What if this discipleship network net had already been in place? It doesn't matter if anything gets shut down. You know what I mean? We already have these relationships developed. We're reaching out to one another. We have a community that is, that is not just about gathering in this room. And I really feel that urgency of, of we need that yeah. for what's coming. And yeah. the lost that are going to come into the kingdom of God, we need that, that, that glorious family network built in the homes so that we can't bring you to church right now, but we can bring you to our house. And we can disciple you in our home. And here's some of our friends that we run together. And, oh, and they were with us two years ago, and this is what they're doing. This is what you're going to be doing. You're going to be going out and being a fisher of men. And that same verse that got laid on your heart, fishers of men, got laid on my heart as well, just as you were talking. Because when the Lord called them to be disciples, he didn't say, you're going to stay with me forever. He said, I am going to make you a fisher of men, and you're going to do what I do in and then they were with him for those three years before Jesus in the resurrection and the ascension said, go. So there was a period of time the disciples weren't going. Now, they got sent out on short assignments. He sent out the 12 and he sent out the 72. Tested the waters, kind of like, you know, <laughs> he, got to, he got to speak into that. He got to say, hey, don't just rejoice that the demons tremble. I'd rejoice that your names are written in the book of life, but then he rejoiced with them, you know, but they were with him in a time of discipleship, in a time of growing, in a time of training. Now, now we're not saying that we're going to sit in our groups for three years before we go out, <laughs> but what we're saying is there needs to be this, this time of growth mm-hmm. so that when you do read, go and make disciples of all nations, you go, okay, I feel like I've been a little prepared to go. And I'm being sent out from a community that has agreement that we're all going. Why are we going? To find those that we can pour into and raise up as disciples. As, as, and, and our language of sons and daughters is also the language of make disciples of all nations. I mean, Jesus said, teach them everything I have commanded you. That teaching isn't just a Bible teaching or a Sunday morning. That is a walking alongside someone in their marriage. Teach them what I said about marriage. It's walking alongside someone in raising their children. Teach them what I said about serving and going low and humility and rejecting anger in your heart and not retaliating. Teach them, disciple them in those ways. That takes time. That took a lot of time. And a lot of bad stuff came out of Peter and John and that Jesus got to speak into. He's like, John, you want to burn down the city? Like, you want to do the Elijah thing? You don't know what spirit you're of, you know? Like, I'm not here to do that. Peter, you're trying to take me aside and, like, tell me how to do this? Like, get behind me, Satan. That's who you're listening to, Peter. That's not my voice, you know? Anyway, not that we're going to get that intense. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to read First uh, Thessalonians 2 in the Passion Translation. 2, 7. 
Um, just because this really gives a great outline of what does a mother and father look like. And as a son or daughter, do, do I want to submit, right? Is, am I called to submit? That is part of it. Humility is, is going to be one of the keys of this actually working. Yeah. Yeah, go yeah. ahead. Yeah, it's good. And honor each other. So verse 7, and I'm going to read in the Passion. So it's a little bit different. But even though we could have imposed, this is Paul, Silas, and Timothy, um, a letter to the church in Thessalonians. So this is them writing it to them. And they're saying, even though we could have imposed upon you our demands as apostles of Christ, instead, we showed you kindness and we were gentle among you. So fathers and mothers are kind and gentle. We cared for you in the same way a nursing mother cares for her own children. Those are powerful words. We cared for you in the same way a nursing mother cares for her own children. With a mother's love and affectionate attachment to you, we were very happy to share with you not only the gospel, so it's not only the gospel of God, but also our lives, Mm -hmm. because you have become so dear to us. Beloved brothers and sisters, surely you remember how hard we labored among you. So we're working together. This is not a one-sided relationship. We work night and day so that we would not become a burden to you while we preach the wonderful gospel of God. With God as our witness, you saw how we lived among you. So we are to be examples. This is something really important. I think if you've we've had children or brothers or sisters, we understand this, that it needs to look like something we imitate, right? And we, how we lived among you in holiness and godly relationships and without fault. And you know how affectionately we treated each one of you. Like a loving father cares for his own children. We comforted and encouraged you and challenged you. So there's this threefold Fathers and mothers comfort, they encourage, and they challenge us to adopt a lifestyle worthy of God who invites you into his kingdom glory. This is why we continually thank God for your lives, because you received your mes- the, our message wholeheartedly. You embraced it, not as the fabrication of men, but as the word of God. And the word continues to be an energizing force in you who believe. So there's this incredible testimony of fathers and mothers coming into the church, the church exploding, them being strengthened and matured in the Lord, and the gospel and the world truly being changed. Think about it, 11 people, 12 people after, but change our entire world. And there's this many of us sitting here in this sanctuary, so what could we do? Just us, right? If, if we can just submit ourselves, and choose to say yes to be sons and daughters and mothers and fathers, pointing everyone to Jesus. Yeah, and, and know that we cannot be a mother and a father until we learn to be a son or a daughter. It's so critical that you understand that. Leif Hetland, when he's here, he's talked about that a number of times. And sometimes we go right to try to mother and father, and it's like, no, you actually need to know how to be a son or a daughter to a mother and father before you can step into that place of mothering and fathering. And so, anyway. That's good. No, that's so good. I was actually just thinking of 
the family gathering, whoever was here for that conference. Um, yeah, that it was, was such an incredible representation of what that looks like, of spiritual sons and daughters and fathers and mothers and grandfathers. Um, it was so precious. I remember sitting there and asking the Lord, we've never, we had never seen anything like that. I had never seen anything like that. It really wasn't about like a training and a conference. It was truly, uh, you know, it was a celebration of family, celebration of legacy of what God's done and just the gospel, just so beautiful. And I, I remember asking the Lord, like, wow, like, is this what, you, is this what you want for us? Is this what kingdom family is supposed to be? And so I really believe that that was just his grace and mercy for us to show us in a tangible, visible, this is what we can have. This is what the Lord wants for us. Yeah, that's good. Just one more verse that we'll get into. Uh, everyone turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 4. So Anna, you know, that, that passage in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, you know, Paul is using this mothering and fathering language. He's using this family language. He's, he's thinking of the, and he only spent, I mean, honestly, when you think about it, he only spent three weeks in Thessalonica when he's writing to them. But for three weeks, I mean, I don't know if I, if I knew I was going to be in a town. Well, he didn't know he was going to be there for three weeks. He came in to preach and to plant, and he was driven out three weeks later. But still, he, after three weeks of being with them, he goes, hey, I'm, you're my children in the faith. I'm thinking of you like a son and like a daughter, and I'm pouring into your life. Hmm. Well, in Corinth, he, uh, he gets a little bit more traction and he stays with the Corinthian church for 18 months. Um, it's actually really powerful when you read who gets saved. Two synagogue leaders give their life to the Lord. That never happened in Paul's ministry. But he had two prominent Jewish religious synagogue leaders in Corinth give their life to the Lord. And many Jews followed him into it. And then from that, many Gentiles came in. And so he goes... Man, I, I got to stay here for a little while. <laughs> I got to raise these guys up. So he stays there for 18 months, and he is pouring into them, sowing into them. Well, well, here he has to um, admonish them a little bit as a father. And so we're going to get into this verse, 1 Corinthians 4, verse 14. That's where we're going to start. And he says, Now I do not write these things to you to make you ashamed. Now right there, that's just like, the language of a father. I was just with one of my sons the other day, and, and I, we were actually, that, this was my language. Hey, I'm not saying this to shame you. I'm actually saying this to warn you. I'm saying this to admonish you. And that's what that word, he says, but to admonish you as my beloved children, and in most translations it says, but to warn, to warn you as my beloved children. There's a warning that a father sees in some of his children's life, and he goes, oh, i got to warn you about that. That is not good, you know? And so Paul, he, in the Spirit, by preaching the Word, became a father to the Corinthian church, and now he's seeing things in their, in their life, and he's not trying to shame them, but he's warning them. Verse 2, I mean, sorry, verse 15. For though you have countless guides in Christ... You do not have many fathers. 
for I became your father in the gospel. I became your father in Christ through the gospel. I mean, I think we are living in a day, if Paul can say the Corinthian church had countless guides or countless instructors in Christ. I mean, we're living in a day, you can, you can pull up YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, yeah. go on so many Bible websites, get commentaries, biblical journals. I mean, really be poured into by guides in Christ, instructors in Christ. And, I don't, and Paul's not knocking that. He's like, that's good. These guys that have been going through Corinth preaching the gospel, that's who he's addressing here. He goes, though you have many of those guides, you don't have many that spent 18 months staying with you, pouring into you. It wasn't just teaching here and teaching there. There was a lifestyle he was showing them. And I think that's what I'm so excited about these groups is, is lifestyle, living life. How does Jesus in the home look like, right? Okay, let's go on. And then he says, and Anna and Mike, if you guys have any thoughts, jump in. Um, for you do not have many fathers. For I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Now, I love that right there. He was a father to them in Christ Jesus. And this is where it transcends family. It's a father showing them who Christ is. A father teaching them who Christ is, a father living like Christ. And he says, and this happens when we focus on the gospel together. This doesn't just happen when we get together and hang out. This happens when we get together for the purpose of focusing on the gospel. Mm -hmm. And then you can become a father to someone in the, or father in Christ through the gospel. Any aspect of the gospel. I mean, we were just kind of like, dreaming about like what are those like main aspects of the gospel that we need to raise people up it's almost like you want to put the buffet before them and just go now just go where your heart just longs you know what i mean like if they're just like being undone by by the cross and the blood of jesus and forgiveness you know that you go through everything but man if that's where you're going like you just press into that the Holy Spirit's leading you to revelation because he wants you to give that revelation to others. So he goes on. I urge you then, be imitators of me. Now, I love that. We were looking at all the scriptures. There's only one, when we, when we look at that word imitate or imitators, there's only one time in the Bible or in the New Testament that it's used of being imitators of God. And it's Ephesians chapter 5. It's actually in Mike's email, if you read it before you came here. It's what he opened up with. <laughs> Be imitators. Follow after God. But every other time that's used in the New Testament, it's used about imitating someone who is following after Jesus. Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. He goes in right where Anna was. He goes, now, 1 Thessalonians 2, now you are imitating the churches of God that are in Judea that are a little bit before, like they're just a little farther down the road than you are, Church of Thessalonica, but you're imitating their lifestyle. You're imitating their community. And so there's something about Paul's going, and then he goes, and that's why I sent you Timothy. He, and Timothy is my beloved and faithful child. So Paul, to his other children, sends a faithful child, a beloved child, so 
that Timothy could remind them of Paul's ways in Christ. He goes, remember how your father in Christ lived. He, he wasn't doing this. He wasn't doing that. He was giving his life to the gospel, to prayer, pouring himself into the word of God, pouring himself into others. And I love this because also I think there's an element of the power of God over fathers and mothers in the church. Paul says, mm-hmm. I want to come to you, but I'm going to, have, I'm going to have words with these people who are like troubling you, but they're going to have to show me, are they walking in the power of God? Because the kingdom of God isn't just in word, it's in power. Because they experience something of power of the Holy Spirit in community, power in transforming their lives. I think there is an invitation in our homes to experiencing the power of God like never before. And I think when mothers and fathers go, hey, I'm going to do this, God is going to back you up with power. God is going to back, kind of when, and and we want to transition to groups now. And something that we want to, um, that we want to actually discuss in our groups and pray into is what are those fears that are keeping us back from actually doing this? And the reason my mind just went there and I wanted to transition into these groups is because I've had fears in my life of, well, I can't really disciple because I don't, I mean, like, what if there's like pornography and drug addiction and da-da-da-da in someone's life? I've never seen breakthrough in that, you know, in someone. And, and I, I, don't, I don't really have faith in the power of God to deliver them, you know? And I don't know all the things that I think I should know to do this. How many, I mean, how many of you, that's, those were my fears when I started fathering <laughs> and mothering and kind of having this. I got sat down by some leaders at the House of Prayer when I was 22 years old. And they said, Marcus, it's time for you to become a father. And I was like, I'm 22 years old. But we had a bunch of 18-year-olds coming into these internships and they were joining worship teams and, they, and they're going, no, Marcus, you're four years ahead of them. You can become their father in the spirit. And I was like, oh, no, (laughs) you know. But as I just slowly did it, day after day, by 25, I went, oh, I I am a father in the faith, Mm -hmm. you know. I'm I'm a 25-year-old father. I don't know much. But I know a little bit more than that 18-year-old. And I can pour into them. So for our activation time, what we would like to do is break up into groups. One... Share testimony of how you are discipling, if you are discipling, and share some victories of what's going on. Two, if you're not, share kind of like those resolutions of, you know what, I I want this. I I want to do this. I want to pour into someone. And then I think the third thing in all of this, and this is kind of be, we can kind of, this can be organically in our groups. What are those fears that are actually holding us back from praying Lord, bring me people to disciple. What are those things that like hold you back from doing that? Mike, do you want to speak into that? Yeah, no, that's really good. Okay. I, think. I just had a comment really quick. I just had this thought that the Lord calls us to be servants. Jesus was the ultimate servant leader. And so just the mind shift of a slave says, I have to do something, and the servant says, I get to do it. 
And so maybe even as we are moving through this time, I know for me, the, the cool thing I forgot to mention was that no one knew that our family was doing this. And then Mike's like, I feel like we're supposed to do something like this. And I'm like, oh, like, oh, we actually did that. Um, so it's just fun how the Lord confirms, right? He's affirming us as we're hearing his voice, following him. Um, because he didn't know. No, nobody knew that we were you know, had heard this from the Lord. We kind of just, you know, kind of kept it in our home. But um, in that servanthood of, like, I, even the fear of, like, your house isn't big enough or it's not going to be comfortable or even practical things like that, that can be those fears that actually take us out of the will of God for our lives and for the sake of the world, truly. Um, and we cannot allow that to happen. And our culture puts so much focus on that that we it's better to just acknowledge it and confess, like, yes, that is a very real thing. And I might not know what, you know, I'm supposed to say or do, but um, just, you know, choosing to have the perspective of I'm called to serve and I get to do this. And the Lord will just move so powerfully through our obedience and servant heart. So just to encourage us through this in that. Remember that at the end of the day, as I've said before, this is not about you. This is about what the Lord is actually doing in and through you. And so we've got to get over our own fears and realize that, uh, that there are many people right now that need mothers and fathers. And, uh, and if you're not at that place to be a mother and a father, then make it your goal to become a mother and a father, to get trained up to be a mother and a father. And here's the thing, as we're moving into kind of these unknown times, unknown waters, uncharted territory, um, we're going to, the Lord is actually, I don't think it's just coincidence that the Lord's put this on our heart right now. I, I believe there's a very reason for it, and I want to be intentional about it. And I really do think that this is the time that we need to start being intentional about these things. Um, and I think we're going to look back and even for, you know, there's some warnings and some things that we feel like the Lord's going to, uh, that, that are going to be happening even in the fall. And I feel like this, like even the preparation of this setting, beginning to set these things up, um, when revival does hit, and revival hits when, when actually things get dark, because this is when we get brighter. Um, but when revival hits, when people actually start coming into the kingdom in, in droves, in like, it can't be handled in a church building by a few pastors. Um, that's not, and it's never how it was intended to be. But I feel like the Lord's actually setting us up for success. And so if we're willing to say yes, if we're willing to go after this, I believe we're going to see like we're actually prepared. Uh, that we don't go, oh, I wish we would have actually done some of those things that the Lord put on our heart, you know, six months ago or three months ago. And we never did anything, and now we're scrambling to try to do the very thing that we need to do to set family in place so that we can bring people in and, and disciple them and train them up uh, as new believers are coming into the kingdom. So, um, man, no better time to, to dive into the Word, uh, begin to, <laughs> to listen to the Holy Spirit, but now connect with the body of Christ. Get mothers and fathers. And, and there's a, that scripture in Malachi keeps coming to mind of just the, uh, you know, at the very end, last scripture, last word of the Old Testament is that he's actually, he's turning the hearts of the sons and daughters, but to the fathers, 
uh, and then turning the hearts. But first it actually is he's turning the hearts of the fathers to the sons and daughters. And I think this is like those that are trained up, it's like, oh, I'm not just here for me. I'm here for, for others. I'm here to raise up the next generations. I'm here to, for not just for my lifetime, but for the lifetimes to come. It's what we, like last Sunday, I felt like the Lord actually began to set that in place. Is, guys, this is about the next generation. If you saw all the, the next generation, like up here, man, this is our time to shine and that we can pass on the baton. And it requires that we become mothers and fathers to raise up sons and daughters. And as we, as the hearts of the fathers are turned toward the children, then it says in the hearts of the children are turned towards the fathers. And, uh, and so, and I don't, and that doesn't discount mothers. You know, just take that in mothers as well. <laughs> mothers, mothers are critical in this. Uh, but, uh, and, and the last part of it, it actually I have it, um, if we don't do that, lest I come and, uh, what does it say, and strike the land with a curse. Um, so I don't really want that to happen. <laughs> let's just stick with the first part and let's walk in the blessing of what the Lord has and not have to deal with the other part. Um, but I think this is, this is part of that, uh, that warning, that preparation that, hey, listen to what I'm saying now. Uh, and and uh, I think the Lord's just kind of teeing us up here. So, you ready? All right. So, let's break up into groups. Um, Carrie, would you raise your hand back there? She's going to lead a group. Um, Jim, are you here? Is he in the room? T I didn't see him. TJ's back there. TJ. You and Michelle, I didn't talk to you guys, but since you guys are in the back there, would you guys lead a group back there? Good. And then, oh, um, and then Ray and Anne-Marie... And Mike and I, we're just going to kind of spread out and we'll just all, uh, and Anna, uh, and we'll just all. We'll just separate out, yeah. Yeah, form into groups. And and, um, and let's try to keep the groups kind of like four to five people. I think we have enough leaders for that. And if they get a little bigger, great. Uh, one thing before we break up into groups, if you do have children, uh, pick them up before 845, okay? Or by 845. Yeah, yeah, by 845. 846. Yeah. No, no, by <laughs> before 845. <laughs> we love Pastor uh, Sylvia. <laughs> What's that? I just want okay. to reiterate too. And the, the oh, three, oh, I'm sorry. The go three ahead. things that we are talking about, and, and let the Holy Spirit lead this time, but, but it is, um, we're sharing just, if, we are, if you are doing some discipleship, share some like, hey, here's some, victories of what's happening like here's what's been going on here's what i've been doing if you haven't if you're not discipling someone right now pouring into someone or or, or in a group or in some way um maybe sharing kind of like the resolutions that god's giving you in your heart of i, I want to do this this is what i want to do in discipleship and then we're also just going to be vulnerable with our fears our fears of becoming a spiritual mother or spiritual father or my fear of becoming a spiritual son or a spiritual daughter what are those fears? And we're going to address them and then and just say, no, that's a lie and, and ask for God to reveal the truth. Amen? Yeah. And I'll Go. say, as we do this, as we really get into the discipleship and the raising up, like there's some things I feel like that we need to set in place to help you guys. That Like here's some critical things that, that need, as you're a mother and a father, what are you training them in? And, you know, I was, I was talking to it in terms of like if you're training up like your kids, uh, 
one of the things you want them to know is, you know, how to balance a checkbook, although maybe that's a thing of the past now. <laughs> but how to balance a budget, right? Like there's, there's things like that that you're like, okay, they need to know how to handle finances. Like this little, this little plastic card, it doesn't give you free reign to just buy whatever you want. Like, but those are things that actually have to be taught. Uh, and, and so there's just, like there's some basic things that I think we need to go through and say as spiritual leaders, as spiritual mothers and fathers, what are the what are kind of like the checklist of hey let's not miss some of these things because as then as you train up sons and daughters to become mothers and fathers if you've kind of ill-equipped them in an area then they're going to ill-equip their children in that area and that's just going to kind of continue so we want to make sure that we have a strong foundation that we're actually raising them up in 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 every area and uh, and teaching them the ways of the lord and and that they are strong and then can teach others uh, so I'm excited. I think this is really cool. And I, and I think, as you read some of these scriptures about being imitators, and I, I, I kind of go, this puts the fear of the Lord in us because, like, when you become one that goes, hey, imitate me, like, who's ready for that? <laughs> like, uh, don't imitate me. Do as I say, not as I do, right? And so I think what this is going to do is actually, this is going to strengthen the body of Christ, even that as you're teaching others and you're like, and now you're one like, hey, watch me, you're going to be much more aware of the way you handle yourself, the things that you put out on Facebook, the things, the way you respond in situations, uh, that you're going to want to act in a godly way, not just for your own sake to say, look at me, but no, because people are watching you and, and you're training people and raising them up. And so, we want to be able to say, hey, imitate me. Do as I do because I'm, I'm, I'm following Christ. Not that we live perfect lives. We all mess up. But that we would be imitators of Christ so that those actually can follow after us and imitate us. So why don't we just pray real quick. And... Yeah, go ahead. So Lord, I, just, I thank you for what you're teaching us. Lord, I thank you for what you're leading us into in this season. And Lord, I pray that we would truly, as we become imitators of you as we look to you and as we look to what Paul the way Paul lived his life and Peter lived his life and James lived his life and Lord as we look to these uh, Lord that, that we would become like them and we would become like you so that we can actually train up others uh, to become like you and so Lord I thank you that you are teaching us your ways Lord I, I know that this can be scary as we do this. But Lord, I thank you that by your spirit and through the word and through others, through the body of Christ, Lord, that you are gonna, you're gonna raise up mothers and fathers in this season. And, and I, I know it's your heart. And so it's not like this can't be done. We're gonna trust in you, that Lord, you're gonna be the one to do this. And Lord, we're gonna learn from you and you're gonna teach us and you're gonna walk us into this. And I feel like this is gonna be a beautiful thing. And you're gonna teach us how to become family and, and, in, and walk into a place of unity. And Lord, I thank you that in that unity, it commands a blessing. And so Lord, I thank you that, that we will be a blessed people, that people will go, Whatever they have, I want that. That love that they have, that's the very thing that I want. And I think that's going to be the thing that draws people into the kingdom. So, Lord, I just bless everyone here. Thank you for this time that we're going to have in the groups in Jesus' name. Amen.